and welcome to Human Leadership, a podcast full of science-backed, practical knowledge and insight, designed to help anyone who leads people unleash the human talent we need for the next era of work. I'm Suzanne Jacobs, an organisational behaviour and performance expert, who's worked as part of the senior leadership teams for over 30 years and conducted more than a decade of research into the neurobiological drivers of intrinsic motivation and trust. In each episode of Human Leadership, I'll take you through what you'll need to make your workplace human fit. And to help me along the way, I've roped in my sister, Chloe, a brilliant educationalist who also knows just a thing or two about leadership. And together, we'll guide you through everything you need to know to become a better human leader. In this episode, we'll be discussing the four dimensions of human leadership, what they are, and why they are so vital for successful, future-proof leadership in this new era of work. Hi Chloe, how are you? Hi, yeah I'm all good thank you. Learning to be corrected by a two and a half year old though. I can no longer get away with skipping pages at story time or saying the wrong words as Immy then corrects me. Makes me laugh every time. Oh, bless her. She's so gorgeous. Yeah, I remember that. Couldn't get away with a single line. They knew exactly what was coming um, and had memorised it. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Good for you. Um, So, we are back looking further into human leadership. I've heard you talk about the dimensions of this messy art to leading human beings. Tell me more. Yeah, it really is a messy art, isn't it? Um, Wonderful messy art and a huge privilege. Um, But I have to say, when when I really first started researching around leadership and really thinking about this, I mean, a long time ago now, but I always saw leadership as this multifaceted um, aspect and approach that can't be defined as just simply one way or or another. For me, it's got four interlocking sides, um, these four dimensions that are all critical and need to be part of who we are as leaders, um, particularly in this new industrial age. And I've been reflecting as we've been recording the Human Leadership series about how much has changed in our world and of course, the world of work. And I, I, I term it as a, as like a colliding context. And the pandemic is part of it, of course. What it's done is it's amplified and it's accelerated so much of what was already fundamentally shifting in, in how we work, the way we work. You know, we're facing breakneck advancements in technology. We're having huge shifts demographically, attitudinally. There's a massive change even before the pandemic um, arrived at our doors, which shifted the nature and the relationship between employee and employer. We've got uncertainty and ambiguity everywhere, whether it be politically, environmentally, economically, of course. Um and I think what's what for me as I reflect on it is that COVID has shone is shone a spotlight on the fact that the way the way we were working and leading actually 
wasn't working. There was so much about it that wasn't working. And I just think we've got this unique and incredibly powerful opportunity to change things for the better. And part of that includes facing up to this zeitgeist of leadership and really embedding ways of working that make work fit for humans. When you say much of how we are working wasn't working, how do you know? Can you give me some more examples? Oh, I can give you lots. Um, I won't. I'll just give you some. uh, Well, let's just think about some of the headlines really around some of this. Even before the pandemic arrived, engagement levels were at an all-time low. Productivity has been falling and workplace stress has steadily been increasing. In fact, actually, let me change that, not just steadily increasing, increasing at such a rate that in fact, over, in fact, it's risen by over 200% in the last decade. And it's now listed as one of the top causes of mortality. I mean, we've got to sit up and and look at this. And some of the major factors around this are long hours, um, uncontrollable workloads, and they're all, it's all feeding into this rising distress at work. So I I don't, I don't want to go on. The thing is, is that we've got to be really clear that we don't just have a burning platform about how we're working We've got, we're sort of sitting in these smouldering cinders in which few are winning, but so many are losing. We can really shift it. I fundamentally believe that we can shift it to make work better, make work well again. Um, And I think we should be thinking about resourcing humans. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm assuming that resourcing humans is a flip on human resources. Good mental shift. What are the dimensions of human leadership then? Yes, glad you saw my uh, my little mental shift there. Yeah, we we uh, we do we obviously have human resources departments and functions, very important. But I'd love us to just shift our mindset as to what the purpose of of human leadership is really all about, and that's resourcing humans. Um, but yeah, so back to the four dimensions of human leadership. Uh, in a nutshell, they're trust, conscious compassion, focus drive, and systems connector. Now, none of those on their own are specifically new, but we often tend to just look at them from just one angle. And I want to be able to bring them together and to get them out there, the learning and the research-based tools and techniques that ensure that they're truly embedded to make sure that we become these conscious architects of the experience at work that allows everybody to really thrive, not just say it, but to really make it happen. So first one, trust. Now, we've spoken a lot about this, obviously, in our drive, in our episode on uh, the drivers. Um, trust is the key performance currency. It's the f- foundation. It's the bedrock of innovation, connection, well-being. And it's about that deliberate architecture of the psychologically safe environment 
an experience that sparks intrinsic motivation. It's a secure base that builds human fit workplaces that literally tap into and unleash our innate talents and our immense creative capability. The drivers of trust, as we've said in our previous episode, provide this lens through which we can make better decisions uh, to be able to, and to be able to, I think, to be able to proactively set people up for success rather than strangle them with the unintended consequences of policies and rules and almost pre-punishment of performance management that focuses so much on what's wrong or what might fail. And I think it's our ability to be able to correct the course when threat raises its head as well and to be able to reset ourselves back to safety and end up back to that secure base that I spoke to you about. So that's trust. And the next one I spoke about was conscious compassion. And I I put those two words together really deliberately. This for me is emotionally intelligent and rationally diligent, giving us the capability to be able to combine both of these things to the sort of that sweet spot, to be able to make those decisions around any situation to provide a sense of calm judgment and, and direction. I think also for me, conscious compassion is about courage. It's about the courage to move forward in the face of fear and and, and when we feel vulnerable and, and having that humility to be able to ask for help. I think also for me, bringing self-compassion. So we always say about starting with ourselves as leaders, but bringing self-compassion and then, of course, compassion to others, which boosts ours and others' resilience. It helps growth. It boosts energy, supports well-being. And it's a little bit for me, as I imagine it, is the coach. The leader is the coach on the sideline that encourages, continually encourages and provides guidance always with this focus to enable others to take themselves and to stretch further than they could, you know, and even further than they ever thought that they could. But why compassion? Why not empathy? Oh, no, great question. Um, Empathy, empathy is really important. It's hugely important part of leadership. And it is absolutely one we need to nurture. But I also think we've just got to be careful. Empathy refers to sort of the more general our general ability to be able to take the perspective of others and to feel the emotions of another person whereas compassion is when we see those feelings and thoughts and they include the desire to help because empathy sits with the other person it sits with them and it shares their emotions But if we're not really careful, we start to absorb the problem, their problem, and and our, our boundaries start to falter. Whereas compassion, this, this supports an appropriate, creates our appropriate boundaries so that we can remain intact and to be able to throw, it's a bit like being out on the sort of sideline and you can throw the life ring in but we don't risk drowning with the person we really want to be able to help. And I think this also recognises that leaders leaders should absolutely be coaching. It's about a coaching approach. 
It's about empowering others to achieve, but it's not about creating into counsellors or pseudo psychotherapists. Because if you know if there is additional help needed, specialist help, we need to be able to seek it through the through the right channels. Oh, that makes sense actually, and that really resonates with me in my time in teaching particularly in the deprived areas where I so just wanted to help, I actually ended up taking the child's problems home with me. Yeah, I I remember. I remember that time, Chloe. And someone once said to me, you know, if you you don't care, you don't burn out. And I think this, there is a real, there's a common theme with professions that care and leaders that care, that we can absorb and, and make others' problems ours so that we lose our capacity to be able to support the other. The next dimension is focus drive. Now, there isn't a successful leader out there in any capacity that doesn't have a consistent approach and pursuit of a clear direction and an unwavering purpose. It's about this relentless and authentic application of values that they hold dear. It's an intentional focus on what's most valuable to, to, to progress. And it's always fueled by self-discipline and, and a powerful internal drive for the best results. Ultimately, we need results. We need to have the outcomes But if we can surround that by a purpose and our values, and we spoke obviously about this in the systems leadership podcast, but it's so incredibly important then to put your drive behind it. And that brings me, of course, onto the final dimension, which is the systems connector. Um, Now, for me, when you're a leader, this is very much about maintaining a view of the whole and a real understanding of all the parts and their interconnections and when they're put together, their emergent properties. It's, it's that ability to be able to hold the tension across each one of the facets of the system and to be able to reset the balance so that we never overlook anything and our decisions that perhaps we have to make in the short term don't end up damaging the long term, or perhaps if we have to make a decision that's very much internal to the business, it's quite a micro decision, it's still made with sight of the macro context and environment in which we're we're leading and, and working. And I have put together a framework on this, which is about leading from the middle. And what I mean by that is I put the leader right in the middle of the system um, and at the absolute core of that system, of course, is, is going back to that unwavering purpose and led by the values so that every single decision that's made across all of the system, it, 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 it radiates out from that purpose and values. And I think, I think for me as well, being able to connect the system, it, it's driven a little bit by a dissatisfied curiosity one that is always seeking to test and continually enhance the system. And by doing that, we create this ability to connect all the uh, elements and it facilitates this beautiful flow of conversation and ideas. And it also takes things back to first principles and, and root cause thinking so that 
problems, so the real problems, if you like, can be solved rather than so often we see the sticking plaster put over known symptoms. And I also think for me as well, systems leadership allows that every individual never does their role in in a silo, in isolation. Everybody knows the part and the contribution they bring and how it links to that bigger and wider sense of purpose and interconnectivity. That actually sounds fascinating. I love the fact you've got the leader in the middle, but how do we actually bring these to life, these dimensions, and learn how to apply each of these interdependent dimensions into the working world? So they they can be taught, they can be learned. Um, every single one of these dimensions can be applied through really practical research-based tools and techniques. We haven't got time to go into all of these, of course, but I think that's the key message is that these aren't ethereal um, uh, thinking. Uh, These are practical elements that hold a framework together about how we can build really great human leadership. But I've said it before, I'll say it again, we've got to start with ourselves first. You know, we account for around 75% of the engagement variance in our teams. I mean, that is absolutely huge in terms of our influence. We're on show all the time. And how we behave and respond to events is continually spotlighted and amplified. So we've got to get it right. And we've got a fantastic opportunity to do so. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Human Leadership. And if you have time, leave us a review or give us a rating on your podcast app. For more information, go to the7.org.uk.